0: You're listening to Green Business with Impact. Your host is Jasper Steinhausen.
1: Hi and welcome to the podcast. Today I have the pleasure of having Klaus Ishoy with me. Klaus is the CEO and co-owner of a company called Carmo. Kamo is a plastic manufacturing company specializes in high quality and of course highly technical solutions. They've been suppliers to the medical industry for more than 60 years and they also serve a range of customers with technical plastic solutions for instance to sea-based industries like fishing or pollution handling uh, in the ocean uh, and, and different sectors like that one of the things that characterizes Camo is that their applications are, and the solutions are, are used in a wide variety of, of businesses. So even though they're an, a relatively small company, they actually serve a very broad spectrum of, of clients. I met Klaus at a sustainability uh, event here locally, actually. Uh, they uh, they have their manufacturing uh, very close to where I live. And uh, we've had the chance to, to meet and discuss sustainability and circular economy in their business uh, a couple of times and it was clear to me that he had done a lot of good thinking and uh, wanted to move ahead uh, but at the moment they're, they're just getting started but he can clearly see a pathway uh, moving forward further into sustainability. So that's why I found it interesting and invited him on here to the podcast. So without further ado please welcome Klaus Isoy from Carmo. I would like to start with a question about asking you what are your expectations to sustainability in the future marketplace
0: so sustainability is extremely hard to uh, to define um both in terms of of sustainable in what context as of of course the uh, environmental sustainability Um, but then again how sustainable do you need to be do you need to go or is it even possible to go all the way to be 100% sustainable? Um, and in what 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 speed can you get there? Um, I think there's no doubt that in order to sustain as a business, you also need to be sustainable in terms of your impact on the environment. Um, and I think that the two, Interpretations of sustainable or sustainability is is, is interlinked, you could say. Hmm. So, do you all, do you already
1: experience, uh, or can you see the change in the marketplace in in your specific sector that that there is an increasing expectation and demands for sustainability, or is it more something that you can imagine will will show up in the years to come?
0: We're seeing the first signs of. Uh, our larger customers, uh, especially the ones in uh, medical and pharma, uh, who have been out quite early, uh, saying that they are will, will only work with suppliers that are working actively with sustainability and reducing their CO2 footprint. Uh, so we don't have the demands yet from our customers, but they will come. It's, it's only a matter of time. I think a lot of, of the major corporations have been working on their scope one and scope two, so getting their own act together. Um, but they are, as everybody else, uh, realizing that the real challenge is in scope three. So that is in the upstream and downstream of your, of your supply chain. So they've been using the last couple of years, getting their uh, act together on their scope one and two, and now they're beginning to look at, at the sub-suppliers, the suppliers and sub-suppliers. And that's what we're beginning to to experience now.
1: And that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's quite common. And we've seen
0: that over the years that people,
1: you know, they start to look inwards with their own, and then soon realize, well, this is also about our supply chain, and that's where U.S. suppliers fit in. So, so it it, it makes sense. And I think you're absolutely right that that you're only seeing the start of this. This will become a norm uh, fairly soon, it, it might yeah. even be. so. I would like to ask just why is it actually you do what you do? I mean, what's the reason for for the business you have? Why is Camo here? Um, I know it's not a, defined as a sustainability issue, but why are you actually here? What's the core of what you do?
0: A good question i don't think there is a a, a defined mission of, of making the world better uh, actually for for the company it is in order to make a difference for our customers mm-hmm. it is in in order to manufacture and develop components that can enhance the um, the products of our customers so that they can help the end user um, and a lot of of our production goes into healthcare, and in, in that way, we indirectly help to have people live better lives.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Um, so your that's your core. What would be if you just name your top three uh, sectors that you uh, supply? So you say medical is, is one. What would be? What would be the others if you were to name the next, the next ones in line?
0: We have. Actually, the, uh, some of, of, of the, uh, the both the challenges and, and the charm of Carmo is uh, even though we're a relatively small company, we touch a lot of different sectors. Uh, so the components are quite generic in use uh, and in that way touch in many, many different sectors. Um, I would say maritime equipment that can help contain um, pollution, pollution, uh, in in the sea is one of the areas, Uh, fish farming, um, firefighting. um, So so basically a lot of the sectors that will be influenced by climate change uh, and could be um, both part of the problem but also part of the solution uh, are sectors that we supply to.
1: Really interesting, and I know you've been looking at your own emissions and and have climate change as, as one of the focus areas you have, and and you can see it, it makes a lot of sense with the kind of customers you have. Uh, not just standalone, that it makes sense to do something on climate, but actually to be part of that solution, uh, so your customers have better solutions for for their role in in the climate change. So. The focus in this podcast is also very much on circular economy, and that's also where you and I met each other the first time. As a discussion around this whole notion of circular economy. What is that to you, and and how could you see it fit in somehow in your business in Carmo?
0: Well, we're beginning to see circular economy or circular resources, I, w- I would rather uh, name it as the next step that we need to work our way into. Um, we do uh, or, or manufacture plastic components based right now very much on on carbon based um, polymers. So in, in that sense, producing single use um, components, Makes very no little sense in a sustainability uh, perspective. So we need to think about how can we actually reuse that resource. Uh, how can we integrate our company into resource streams? You wouldn't even say value streams, but resource streams where we can work with uh, with the plastics and reuse it in some sensible manner. Some of the the um, uh, problems we're facing right now is this that we have two main business areas one is is, as i said before on the the medical part and that means that once we have delivered the component and that has been integrated into a finished product it will get used and get get contaminated at at the hospital Uh, and there is as of now at least no easy way to do a closed uh, circular loop on that Uh, and you have a Basically, a lot of of, uh, regulations also saying that that needs to be contained and uh, incinerated um, in a controlled manner. And the second uh, business area is where our component is, again, just a little part of a bigger uh, product that is actually built to last a long, long time. Uh, so in, in terms of life, life cycle uh, analysis, using plastics is actually what enables it to have a long lifetime. And again, there it's difficult to directly recircle the, the plastics. Um, so that leaves us with a challenge of thinking circularity in another way. So, So can we get and recycle plastics from other sources? Uh, and use that into uh, our products. Um, and again, how can we control the, the quality and the uh, homogeneity of that material? Um, that is, I think, one of the major challenges that we will be uh, be facing. Yeah, I can see why you, why you take, especially with your uh,
1: medical side, right? Because the demands are so extremely high to everything related to medical. Uh, it might probably be slightly easier for everything related to, to your, uh, offshore, uh, pollution prevention and controlling, uh, mechanisms. Uh, I'm guessing that the quality demands there are, are a lot lower, uh, in terms of purity and, 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 and everything related to that, but, um, but it's interesting, but, but what do you think it would mean for, again, you mentioned before you have some customers that are starting to signal or ask for for you to be part of their sustainability journey how would it influence your uh, customer relation if you managed to to be able to, to bring them more circular solutions what would that mean in terms of, of you uh, and against your competitors towards your your main clients
0: that would be an obvious uh, advantage um, again a lot of these uh companies like, like ours and, and I think the rest of the world is, is looking for solutions right now and and realizing that uh, point one, this is extremely complex. Um, point two, we can't do it alone. And point three, it needs to be implemented much faster than we anticipated it. And if you can be part of the of the solution and and, and come with, with solutions for the customers. Of course, that would be a a, a huge benefit and 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 something that is uh, highly appreciated.
1: Does it also mean that you don't see anybody in your in your field that has solutions already? I mean, you're don't, you're not faced with competitors who can deliver these kind of solutions. Is that what you're saying?
0: I see a lot of very uh, talented businesses and, and, and professionals in the plastic industry that is working uh, very dedicated with circular economy and sustainability uh, and has been doing so or have been doing so for, for a number of years. So in that context I think we are we, we're not the, the last starters but we are not the first starters either. So I think we're, we're trying to be the, uh, the fast second. Mover. Um, also given that, that we are relatively small, so we don't have uh, the same resources to, uh, to dedicate to this.
1: There's something interesting in this combination of where you are already and the knowledge you're able to stand upon. So there's a lot of things that you know the first movers don't have. They have to deliver it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have knowledge and experience to build on. So if you if you show the commitment and actually say this is what we want to do, then I could I could see at least examples of of others that has really skyrocketed very fastly because they take the best of what's already there without strings attached to all the development. They can just just take the best, the bits and pieces that works out. So perhaps there is actually a, a huge opportunity for you to step in here, providing you, you can do it with the level of ambition that that the, that the rest of the market finds attractive.
0: I hope so. You, you say, what again, in, in circularity, one of, of the obstacles we have and are trying to deal with is, is one of scale or one of volume. Uh, if you want to tap into value streams, if we want to take the volume needed for uh, for this to be interesting for both suppliers of, of recycled uh, materials and, and customers of recycled materials, the volumes we have are simply too small in a lot of cases. Um, we have uh, too many different brands or too many different uh, kinds of, of uh, plastics, uh, so it's extremely difficult to get a volume where it's feasible uh, for someone to to reuse it. Yeah, and that I think the some of the complexity you have uh, as a smaller player in this.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That, that is definitely a, an issue. Okay, let me just jump in here, because this is really a crucial point um, for all you small and medium-sized companies out there. Because very often I hear that, you know, it's difficult to do something because you're small. And that is, of course, right to some extent. But as I also briefly mentioned, if you have high level of ambition, and if you actually bring real leadership into it and show that this is a commitment you have, you want to do this, you have knowledge, you have an idea about where to go with this, then quite often you can become that agile development partner that a lot of companies are looking for, whether you represent a part of a market or part of the supply chain. So just a heads up for that, your opportunities might be a lot bigger than you think, because uh, a lot of of uh, your of other players in your supply chain will be looking for for partners that are ready to to help them find new solutions what kind of results have you been getting so far not necessarily alone uh, just on circular economy i know you've also worked on on your carbon footprint and stuff but what sort of st- where are you at today in terms of of this broader agenda of circular economy and sustainability?
0: We've done the uh, the first baselining of our CO2 footprint. Um, we had the opportunity to be uh, part of an initiative uh, called Klimaklar SMV um, and that helped us really do the first baselining of our Scope 1, 2 and 3 and also setting uh, some ambitious targets in terms of reduction of scope one and two, Um, and we've actually now also committed to science-based targets initiatives, which I think is extremely uh, powerful way of uh, maintaining some kind of accountability and um, also setting a, a, a target to move against and setting a standard for trying to measure both the footprint and the the reduction. It's uh, it's not a perfect way, but it is, I think, a very very good starting point um, to get some transparency.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna jump in again here because uh, Klaus mentioned two things, and just wanted to be sure everybody is clear on what it is. First one, he says clean SMB." It's of course, it's pretty difficult to know what it is. It's a Danish program um, run by the Confederation of Danish Industries that helped businesses uh, to to make a carbon footprint. Um, so that's one thing. And the second thing you he mentioned here is the science-based targets. And if you're not aware what that is, then it's a it's a setup that ties into the Paris Agreement on climate change and make sure that you set targets that are aligned with what we need to do to be able to deliver on that. So that's the 1.5 degree agreement from, from Paris. If you want to know more about that, you can look up at sciencebasedtargets.org. And what, what made you decide to go for that? Because it, it is still just a smaller proportion of businesses that commit to science-based targets. So what were your thoughts around
0: doing that? We've been working with the uh, UN... Um yeah the sustainable development goals. yep exactly and and trying to use that as a a uh, you could say a, a framework for focusing um, and for explaining to both internally and externally what we were working with. and we uh, we picked up two uh, goals and, and and tried to work with that. But found out that it's relatively fluffy um, and can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. So some of the of the beauty with science based targets was that it was uh, relatively easy to 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 measure and to communicate, and it gave a very clear target to uh, to navigate against. Uh, and it, it's, it's it's evolving as kind of a right now I think de facto uh, vehicle. For for driving some of the change and some of the ambition, um, as I said before, it's, it's not perfect, but it's it's definitely one of the better tools and better initiatives I've seen out there. And I think also their experience to be basically swamped with requests um, for the last three or six months.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. It it is picking up speed, uh, luckily. Um, yeah. yeah. What other kind of learnings have you have you gained over the the years of of working with and this you know over your sustainability journey i guess you could say
0: i think the uh, when we first started out we, we tried to make a, uh, a very ambitious all-encompassing vision of, of sustainability um and and, and it, it proved extremely hard to get something that would actually drive change so we tried to reverse the, the process a bit and say, okay, where can we start? If you just look at what we're doing now in our company, where can we start? And all of, of the uh, the waste, the scrap that you have naturally in a, um, in a production, um, of course, we've always tried to minimize that. That's just plain good economy. But there are a certain degree of, 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 of scrap, and we started actually um, working on how can we use that for recycling? Historically, we've just um, sold it to incineration, which is a really, really poor way of, of using that resource. Uh, and we were lucky to find a partner that could actually see a perspective in this, even though we had relatively small fractions. Uh, they would be able to pick that up and, and accumulate that and sell it off to, uh, to reuse. And that's actually had a, a, a very huge um, impact. I think we have, uh, right now, about 20 different uh, kinds of waste that we um, um, divide into and 11 of, 11 of those are polymers and plastics um, and we've integrated that into the uh, to the setup and our daily routines in, in the factories in a way that the the accuracy uh, is is actually rather high or extremely high so we can actually have a very very um, a uh, high uh, cleanliness you could say of, of, of the materials uh, and that means that it can be easy, easily sold for reuse uh, so, so this, there's a good business case to that's actually that whole sorting. A, a good business case yeah. yeah we invested in in systems and and set up to do that but actually the the price is is uh, is relatively high so it's actually uh, something where we reduced our costs and actually get a get a get a win so that's uh, economically a, a, a good uh, a good business, but also we can see now that about sixty percent of the waste that were just burned and incinerated before we actually now sell that off to uh, to reuse, uh, which is quite significant, I think, and that's just in um, about eight or nine months.
1: Okay, let me jump in here one last time you were talking about as uh, as an example of a solution that also gives financial value, business value. Um, If you want to know more about that, and if you want to take your next step in a way that you have a very good chance of getting a competitive advantage out of this, then there are five principles that you need to make sure that you master. The first one is mindset. The second is mission. The third one is pathway. That's the strategy to get there. Uh, implementation actually doing it and communicating how how to actually communicate around this in an effectful manner so that i become the the magnet for for talent and opportunities and clients that um, that this potentially can can give you um, those are the five principles that you might master and if you like to know how well you score yourself on this i've created a simple test for you then you can go in and find and it's free and it will give you tailored advice, depending on your answers, on what could be next steps for you. So if this sounds interesting to you, you can find it at cetest.scoreapp.com. C-E-T-E-S-T, it's fascinating, isn't it? What you know, a different question can lead to, right? What would it take to sort this out so that it would be a valuable resource or whatever the question was? Yes. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, right, you, t- you turn it on its head and it becomes an income stream has a better environmental uh, component to it. Uh, offers opportunities for others to have secondhand materials instead of burning it. Right, all out of basically asking a different question.
0: Yeah, and, and also trying to get the take the approach. To say, okay, what, what can we actually do? Let's start with with the low hanging fruits uh, where we can actually make a difference right now, um, instead of trying to figure out the uh, the grand solution. Uh, to, to the entire problem, and let's let's just yeah. start. Let's just learn. Let's just uh, start the journey, um, and I think that's that's also giving momentum in the organization. I mean, it's it's very visible for all our employees now that they can do a difference. They can take the time and the effort to make sure uh, that it, they put the stuff in, in the right uh, container, and we get a. a, a very visual feedback and follow up on how much has have we actually been able to uh, to send to recycling? I think that's very powerful to start that change yeah what's been the reaction from your employees very positive
1: very positive yeah. okay so do you see this i mean will this be a a part of you know helping you be able to do more in the future because now they this has become visible and tangible and they feel that they can do something uh so so does this have do you think this is a a a good way of starting i guess that's the question (laughs) is it a good way to start with something that that's very close and simple to the people so that that they actually get engaged
0: i think so i think it starts the uh the movement you could say it starts the the snowball just kickstart that with with something that's uh that's very visual and, and very close to everybody, everybody can participate in this. And I think part of, of, of the reason that we've been able to uh, accelerate this in, in just six, eight months is, is that everybody in, in the company has taken it to heart. And, and we have a lot of, we have two or three main drivers in the company that really has spearheaded this uh, and it, it just makes sense for everybody. I mean, everybody, when, when you leave work and get back home uh, to your private uh, household household and, and your kitchen, you, you start to um, mix or, or, or um, differentiate your, your waste at home. So why not on, at work? It's...
1: Yeah, it's basically a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a no-brainer with money uh, at the back of it. Yeah. So, so another good example of how circular in- initiatives very often actually has a a positive uh, financial side to it as well
0: and i think a lot of of this has to do with with habits and and uh, the mentality of ourselves and i think that's changing relatively rapid um, in these years
1: i think you're right on that What are the current focus and and what sort of challenges do you see? Sort of what's what's ahead of you? What's the next couple of steps that you would like to see?
0: Again, the the the, the footprint and and the uh, measure of of our scope one, two, and three made it quite clear that scope one and two, uh, we have a number of initiatives that we need to uh, to implement. Uh, a lot of that is is basically just go do um but the scope three and the circularity uh, is where the real impact is um and that is where the complexity lies that is how can we tap into resource streams in terms of, of use or reuse the plastics uh, how can we ensure the the purity and the uh um, the quality of, of the material for the medical customers and what is an acceptable quality for uh, the products that go into maritime, for instance. We still need to guarantee that the products are durable, that they can actually withstand the uh, the harsh environments uh, out at sea at winter. Um, but can we do that with a, a polymer with a little lower uh, quality? And, and and finding our way in that ecosystem which doesn't exist yet, I think will be a challenge we need to build that um, and again that happens outside the company um, so we need to do the stuff in scope one and scope two which is which is in, in, internal you could say uh, we need to fix that of course but the real complexity is is navigating and finding a way into scope three, which is, messy and <laughs> organic and and uh, hard to navigate and, and find a way through. And I think that, that's 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 the challenge.
1: Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that it requires a different level of leadership because somebody, I mean, a lot of people can see what you say here, that it's messy, it's difficult, we gotta bring people together, the solution doesn't exist, it's outside. Somebody has to step up and sort of take the leadership, not sort of ownership, but actually de facto saying, "I will, I'll spearhead this, right? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be the one gathering people. I'll take the initiative. I'll actually, I'll lead us through this, or at least, at least lead us to getting this started. And then you can always see, you know, who steps up, who want to take it. But, yeah. but I think that's a common, uh, a common path." of what's missing in many industries is that somebody steps up and say, okay, I'll, I'll kickstart this. Could you recognize
0: this picture? Definitely, and it, it's, it's extremely hard because you need to walk a fine balance um, between your supply and demand, you could say. So you, you still need the customers to actually be willing to pay a little more uh, or accept a little risk or be part of an experiment in order for this to uh, to happen, if you, uh, it is very hard as a supplier to take the the extremely uh, dogmatic approach and say well, we'll go a totally different way. Um, I think that that's a fine balance you need to to uh, to find, you could say, and, and still drive change fast enough, uh, given that we have very few years to actually reduce. The CO two emissions drastically.
1: But could you see, you know, a potential one or two of your larger clients that would be willing to engage in such a journey? Simply because, as you said early on, they have ambitions, and as you say now, we don't have time. So, so do you think some would be ready
0: to to be part of
1: that experience?
0: I think so. Uh, again, this is. Early days, so we haven't actually started speaking to our customers about it yet, but but uh, I, I'm sure they are uh, willing, a lot of them are probably also working on this uh, already.
1: It's going to be really interesting to follow. Uh, some, some exciting months and years ahead of you, I guess. Yep, definitely. <laughs> okay, I would like to end with a bit of a, I guess, a broader perspective again, um, because... In in your head, in your how you envision the future, what what do you see the role of businesses, not just Camo, but business in general, in securing this transition to a more sustainable, truly sustainable future?
0: I think that for this to take place in the years we have, uh, the relatively few years we have, everybody needs to be part of this um so as a as a business i think in order to sustain as a business you need to have sustainability at at the core you need to to to, to think uh, sustainability into into the main business um, but it's impossible to do this without the corporations between companies and in the value streams and in the resource streams and and with the customers, with the um, legislators that set the, the, the framework, I think everybody needs to get this to work together. So I think businesses cannot drive this, um, but they should be definitely be part of driving this. I think again, if, uh, if you just sit back and, and wait, uh, you you, you you, won't be around uh, for, for that many years
1: well I think that's a powerful statement to end with Klaus so uh, so thank you so much for your time I really look forward to following you in the in the month and years ahead uh, I'm sure that, uh, that you will play a role in this somehow and will be around also in the years to come so thank you so much for your time here it's been a pleasure thank you very much and thanks for having me
0: You've listened to Green Business with Impact. You can get more insight on how to create circular business on bwimpact.com. If you want to get in touch, you are very welcome to connect with Jasper on LinkedIn. Just type in Jasper Steinhausen. If you have questions, comments or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please contact Jasper J.S. at bwimpact.com.